This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The following content is not suitable for children. Okay. Um, too sexy for my shirt. Too <laughs> sexy for my shirt. Remember that song, Lori? <laughs> I do. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Just as we begin, please remember to check out Uberlube. Uberlube.com is where you can get this great lubricant and help support Foreplay Radio. All right, today we're gonna we're gonna try to figure out. We all know having a healthy self-esteem and wait, wait. Yeah. I, want, I just want you to do it oh. again, George. Just do it again. Do the little song thing again. <laughs> um, too sexy Ooh. for my shirt. Too Ooh. sexy for my too shirt. Too sexy. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, that's uh, we great. Know that. We know that. We all that. want that, right? We that... all want that confidence in that bedroom. That yeah. healthy self-esteem that just pours out of our of our pores, right? And so. <laughs> You know, how do you do that? That's really what I want to talk about today, Lori. Good. I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, my partner, just they're not confident. They don't bring the game. They don't, uh, they used to be confident, right? They used to bring it. And now it's just, hey, you want to do it, you know, <laughs> and all that is missing. But I think that's true. It is so sexy. I, I don't think it's about attraction particularly or attractiveness I think that people have an energy about them that is sexual that is very exciting I can almost tell like when a person walks into my room whether or not they've had sex first of all I can I can always know that and second of all people have tested me on that too I'm always right and second of all whether or not they have that energy it's so much more exciting when somebody has an erotic energy about them, regardless of how attractive they are. A lot of single patients are always telling me, you know, I, I can't get a guy because of X. You know, I'm not attractive enough. I weigh too much or whatever. And I had a girlfriend who was pretty heavy and she just had men all the time. When she was single, she was dating all the time. 
and she was definitely outside the norm in terms of weight. But partly it was like she just was so sexy. She was so, she was full of life and kindness. She was a great listener, but she wasn't just soft. She had an energy about her. And I know that that's what made her attractive. And and for her, she was like, hey, you know, look at it. The guy knows what he's looking at here. If he doesn't want this, you know, he has an option to get out of it. <laughs> but right. by the time I'm in bed, I'm in bed. And she exactly. was she was really present. You know, so and, how do we help people that have a lot of these negative tapes? Um, don't look this good. I don't like that. No one's going to want to see this. Mm-hmm. Get to that more comfortable place that you're describing with your friend that says, this is what I got for better works. Come love it. Right. So, and <laughs> yeah. not just openness right. to just say, here it is. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's such a difference between a fear mindset and a mindset of opportunity, exploration and curiosity and joy. So how do we help people make that shift? I think the first thing is we have to accept that being good enough is enough. I mean, this this season in human history is the first time we have compared ourselves to uber-attractive people. I mean, there's magazines, there's porn, there's videos, and most people look at the top, what, 1% of the beautiful people and they say, well, I'm not that. And this imaging is always before us. And I, I, I've said this before, but I think about my grandparents and they were comparing themselves to the ordinary townspeople. You know, mm-hmm. I'm pretty attractive, you know, next to Betsy. You know, <laughs> I'm good enough. You know, my husband thinks I'm great. And that, that was enough. And so I think some of it is we are destined to be disappointed in ourselves and to judge ourselves if we compare. You know, the comparison game will always lose. So we have to say, you know what? Being the best I can be, being attractive, that's that's good enough. And so many people say, and I would say to especially to women who are saying, oh, you know, I've got this little flaw. And their husband is saying, you know, I just want her. I want her so much. I think she's beautiful. I think she's hot. She's all in her head about this. And unfortunately, it takes her out of the immediate present moment when they're sexual together because she's in the, her head in self-criticism instead of in bed. Yeah, so that's really important to just take that moment because on a neurological level, when your brain is in that fear response, I don't like this floor and I don't want it to be revealed and I don't want it to be repulsive. Like You can't see the opportunity for the the fun mm-hmm. right that's that tunnel vision that fear starts to create so on a practical level how do we help people shift from that fearful response to a more open response mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I'm practicing and learning is really self-compassion I have a patient who she is one of the most beautiful women I have ever known I mean she's tall and lean and fit and she doesn't think she's fit you know she thinks she's what does she call herself skinny fat you know no I'm just skinny but I mean her limbs are beautiful they have curves it's just it's just incredible and I and she has this old group of girlfriends from college and and all of them have different shapes different sizes and she talks about them like they're goddesses 
they mean so much to her and they're all so beautiful. And I challenged her to talk to them about the way she talks about herself. And she sent me a snapshot of them, you know, and all of them really, really different. But she could only see their beauty and she could only see even in that photo when clearly, I mean, technically, and she was, you know, had the best figure and was the prettiest. She couldn't see it. And and one of the things I ask is, would you let anybody speak to your best friend the way you speak to yourself? The way you call yourself, I'm ugly or I'm fat or, I mean, would you let anybody talk to somebody that you love like that? And then it, we have to turn that. We have to say, I need to have compassion for myself, that I'm good enough, that I'm attractive, that I'm enough just the way I am. And sometimes what I, I literally do when I get critical is I put my hand over my heart and I like hit my heart, just trying to calm that negative voice, that critical voice down to let myself see the, the good in me. Yeah, that's a powerful frame to use to because most of the time people are much more empathetic and nurturing to their children, to their friends than they are to themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? And that environment wouldn't nurture safety or a good relationship. I mean, we know that when we see a very critical parent, there's a lot of distance in that relationship with that child. Mm-hmm. The same with friends. Why would we expect it to be any different interest psychically on in how we treat ourselves? Mm-hmm. Right? But there's something about pushing ourselves and that critic that believes it can make us better you know it's constantly trying to push us to do something differently and again we don't see the cost of that so I love what you're saying right you're trying to change people's relationship to themselves and starting to recognize well if you see yourself and you only see those extra two pounds and you can't really enjoy everything else then it's hard to have that really confident vibe the the way people feel about themselves cuts themselves off from being confident in the bedroom and and bringing their presence being mindful about where they are in that moment i think i just want to just i want to create a context because i always want to balance out the i don't want us to come across as being judgmental because you're critical of yourself you learned how to do that that criticism is a motivating tool that a lot of people use and it really comes from a loving place like if I can keep myself really skinny then my partner will really want me and it's so important for me to be wanted that I'm willing to do this work I mean it it comes from such a loving place but people don't see the cost of it they don't see what this constant motivation and criticism and harshness what it does to make the process more serious and heavy and you know just where we wind up looking, training our brain to look for fears and problems instead of looking for opportunities. So I love this. How do you start getting these ladies that you described to start, one, being more compassionate towards themselves instead of less critical? And two, if you're starting to reduce that negative space and noise, you want to replace it with the positive, right? That's mm-hmm. what's so important. So how do you get them to get curious? Like what does, instead of what turns me off, what turns me on? Mm. Like what that, do I? That's a really great question. What is the turn on? And so many people are so consumed by the critical thinking. They don't even think about what part of my body do I like? I, I do ask people this and I think you've hit it. You know, like what's the favorite part of their body? What do they like? What part is is acceptable? And how that might bring them into the present 
moment. So but I, I wanted- think that would be a great spot, Lori, to come back after break to say, let, let, let's make this practical. I'm going to be somebody who has a lot of training, not listening to my body, not really liking it, right? being very critical. Mm-hmm. Right? And how do you get me to celebrate my body, which is so critical towards that positive energy, that confidence that we're talking about? Let's give our listeners an example of how to, how to make that shift and, and practical things they can do to do that. Okay, we'll be back after this. We really want you to check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. It's a great lubricant. It's the one that I've been recommending for years, and I recommend it because it is a great glide. It has no taste. It has no smell, and so you can use it throughout your lovemaking experience. That would be an awesome feel for you to try this if you haven't already tried it. It's also made from basically silicone. And what's good about silicone, I don't know if I've said this before, but it doesn't get easily absorbed into the body. So some lubricants get gummy and actually create a drag and that is a not good feeling. But this one stays on the surface of the skin. It's not absorbed. So it's always gliding. And that is great for touching, great for sexual intercourse. And I love in this episode, we're talking about how do you make that transition to worry to fun? Well, this product, certainly Uber Lube is going to help with that fun. Just to, even as your energy changes, as you're talking about this, right? To, to just, can we tap into kind of that glide? That glide? <laughs> That's right. My energy changes when I talk about sex. It's, it's a good thing. Okay, so try uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. We appreciate our sponsors, and they are also sending out free packages to the first 20 patrons who come and sponsor us on Foreplay Radio. Hey, patrons. Lori is offering a Facebook Live on Friday night, July 10th, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Sign up today. George, you've got this whole new website with training materials and stuff. Tell me about it. It's called successinvulnerability.com. Similar to what we've been talking about in the podcast, I'm really trying to train therapists on how to keep their focus in session and to, if you're going to invite couples and clients and families to risk doing vulnerability, then it's really critical that they have success when they do it. The reason why people don't do vulnerability is it doesn't work out so well for them when they do. So we really want to empower therapists to, to know what to do in these critical moments to kind of usher in the transformation that could happen when people go to these vulnerable spots. So therapists who listen to us can go ahead and check it out and you'll be doing trainings and all sorts of things and you have a team of people. It's successinvulnerability.com. I'm excited about it. I get to learn a bunch more from George. I'm looking forward to it and I appreciate any feedback and support. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at sax.com. All 
right, I'm getting a little excited here because I've spent too much time worried about what's going to go wrong, and I've missed all these opportunities on what could go right. I just don't know how to make the damn shift. So help me out here, Lori. Okay. Okay, so you want to shift from thinking about the, the critical things to bringing your confidence to the game. I mean, I certainly think with men, they need to override the rejection that they have felt and still bring the sexy, still bring the seductive part. And for men, particularly because they have more testosterone, I know this isn't politically correct, but they're probably going to need to be the main initiator. And so I, I want them to go again. Yes, you've been shot down. Yes, you think you've tried everything. But when you've committed, recommitted to change, bring it again. So help me with that. How do I override that rejection trigger? Because that's, again, I like the idea. I agree with the idea. What does that actually look like? It looks like risk. What do you want to have happen? Can you say that? I think with the voice sort of painting a picture of, hey, I want to make love to you. It isn't, do you want to do it? Because that's so impersonal. It doesn't say anything about me. It doesn't say anything about what my partner wants, but it's, you know, I think that they need to say something that's personal, that's sexy. I have a patient right now I'm working with and he's kind of a groper and that could totally work for some women. It really could, but for his wife, it doesn't work at all. And, and she has kind of said over and over, you know, stroke my neck, come up and slip your hands around my waist, nuzzle me, say something that is really sexual about where you want to go, not necessarily crass, but for her it has to be one notch under crass. And I think he he doesn't know how to do that. He doesn't risk that. For him, there, it's just this automated thing that if I grope her, she'll know I want sex. And she does. And then she turns off. So, So I think he needs to risk. He needs to say, you know, something sexual that is not in his repertoire, maybe was from before. Well, again, you're jumping me right towards what I need to do for my partner. How do I do me a little bit differently? Like, how mm-hmm. do I start to be intentional to say, how do I bring out this energy that enjoys my own sexuality? Mm-hmm. Like, that can kind of, kind of increase that vibe before I even take that risk because I would imagine that would help me with my risk. Okay, so what's do you have a sense of what the block would be? That's what I'd want to know. Like Yeah, I think the block would be the rejection that 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 my partner won't find that attractive or, you know, so many mm-hmm. times that that gets pushed away. So how do I How do you dig deep and well, it's almost like how do I prime myself before I take the risk? Like if I'm dancing in the mirror or I kind of like, if I'm feeling that positive energy, that, that, that risk is going to be so much easier than if I'm laying in bed saying, oh, I got to, I got to override this rejection trigger in my brain. All right. I got to do that. Like like I want to be intentionally more playful and more fun because I think it makes it easier to take that risk. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? It totally makes sense. One thing I've asked men in the past to imagine is just like, Erase the universe for a second, a do-over, they're single again, and they're at a bar, and they have to pick up this hot woman next to them. What would they be saying? What would they be doing? How would they invite her back to their place? How would they make it happen? And are they doing that? So I guess I would ask him, what were his moves? 
How did he make it happen before? And does he do that? And so many people. Well, that's uh, this is so important because, again, I I, I I trust my own emotions, right? And I can feel. My I'm not getting through to you. No, no. You, <laughs> the I, I think sex really does start outside the bedroom. But if I'm going to go to the bar, you know, this is starting in the shower, right? I'm already kind of singing a song. I'm you know, I, I'm looking pretty good. I might do a set of push-ups, you know, get a little <laughs> pump going. Uh-huh. You know, I'm listening to the radio. Put on going cologne. over to the bar, cologne. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on here that's creating this vibe so that when I'm at that bar and I want to say something, I am feeling good. I like the shirt I'm wearing. You know, my hair looks right. I'm practicing how I'm going to say things, maybe some lines. I mean, there's a lot. And I guess that's the image I'm coming up with. Like, how do I prime my own pump? get myself kind of in that place part two is then the risk and how do I get my partner and and not just thinking about men and talking about so many the females I'm working with how do they get themselves primed a little bit more before we kind of push them to take these risks to actually focus on their own inner world and and how they could have more fun with it absolutely and you're talking about kind of fantasy right developing in your own mind a a fantasy of what's going to happen and how am I getting ready for that in the moment? You know, well, even the fantasy could be part of it, but to me, the fantasy could be going somewhere else. I want to figure out how do I like me in that mirror before I'm doing mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. How do I look at that mirror and have a positive Say, I'm experience? Sexy. I'm, I'm too sexy, sexy for my shirt. There we go, the shirt again. <laughs> or without the shirt, even with this belly or whatever else is going on, that there's still a, there's a playful energy here that's pretty sexy. Right? How do we help people do that? Well, it's a good conversation. I think we spend even in the field so much time talking about problems that we we really want to help people. You know, how do you unleash that positive energy that can see your? Yeah, we're going to get to the problems. Maybe your belly is a little big and you're losing hair. Whatever else is going on, right? But there's more to you than not just that. Do you it's, know though that if you're losing hair, that means you have testosterone? All right. It's the men with full heads of hair. You just can't trust them. <laughs> Damn, I knew there was a reason. <laughs> it's a good thing. You start to look like Samson with all this hair. <laughs> okay, so back to it. You know, for me, I guess what has always been possible is I kind of enter the moment with joy. I remember after my third child, my body's kind of destroyed. <laughs> third kid, there's stretch marks. I was overweight. You know, it's just... It was tough, but I I didn't really think about that that much during sex. I just thought about how much fun it was going to be, <laughs> you know, how much joy we would have together, that sharing that after having made this child together, that we were celebrating. And, and I, I really had a lot of respect for my body that it could do that. I'm quite serious. It was like, I, I don't know, the third child was a real game changer for me in terms of the respect that I began to show my body. That's so important, your relationship to your body and to yourself, that if you are focusing on the opportunity, the possibilities, the fun that you could have, your body naturally opens up and it Mm -hmm. heads in that direction. Mm -hmm. So we've identified a lot of these blocks and criticisms that stop it. So can we look in a mirror and say, hey, I know I want to look at that that boob that doesn't look right but mm-hmm. i also know that focusing on that's going to do what to my sexuality it's, it's going to close gonna, it down close it down bring up those fears 
how do I intentionally kind of focus and celebrate the things that I do like, that I still have a body that, that works well, that's beautiful. That like I, I remember a story you said in many podcasts ago about focusing on your children and really how important that is to develop in a healthy body image to just celebrate whatever they're doing and to be curious about it. And, and unfortunately, most of us don't get that. What do you mean when I celebrate your children? What, what did you mean by that? Just like you encourage them. Like if they touch their body, they don't get yelled at for doing oh, that. Oh, right. That, that exploration okay. is normal and healthy. That That's actually what they're supposed to do. Yeah, we need boundaries around that and all that, but there's such an overemphasis that it so often squishes people's ability to like their own body, mm-hmm. right? They get overtrained to turn off and to not like their body because bad things are going to happen. So I think most of the listeners can relate to that. We grew up in families where our bodies weren't really celebrated. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, we're playing this, we're carrying this forward. Mm-hmm. So we do really have to do the work. And the work is trying to unlearn some of these messages and really trying to get to that natural process. A baby born likes its body. I know. Right. right? right. How do we get that's back true. to Children that? Children like their bodies. Yeah, they don't think, oh, look at this big belly that I have or this runny nose or I don't have hair. I mean, this is not <laughs> going on there. They're just enjoying the, the journey. They're totally present in the moment. This is what great lovers do, right? They're present in the moment and they're enjoying their body. So to develop this confidence and this self-esteem, it really does start with us before we even get to the partner. Mm-hmm. That there has been one exercise I've used in the past, which is to turn out all the lights and... Do you want our listeners to do this now? <laughs> turn out all the lights right now right. and use like one of those tiny flashlights, like pinpoint flashlights, and focus it in the mirror on different parts of your body and just say, you know, can I like this part? You know, is this part acceptable? Is this part good? Because there are actually, it turns out, so many parts that are good mm-hmm. that... Sometimes that that is an additional conversation. I I like this woman. Her name is Corinne Crabtree, and she's she does a podcast called Losing a, a Hundred Pounds, and she talks a lot about it's very difficult to control the negative conversation in our heads, but we can add to that conversation. That it doesn't have to be the only conversation. We can compete with it with other parts. Like you know what, this part of my body is acceptable. You know, that part of my body is acceptable. So maybe, you know, the thought in my head is, well, you know, I don't like my jiggly thighs or whatever, but you know what? I got great breasts. Or we can add to the conversation, the negative conversation with some positive things and compete for some real estate in our brain so that the negative groove isn't the only part that is in our head, that we have positive things that are going on too. Now you're getting there. Ah, no. This is, I like the, the really hands-on. If I got jiggly thighs, what can I do? (laughs) Nobody's given us that kind of help, and yet this is exactly what we're doing in trauma work. We know that if we're going to help people's brains heal, that we have to actually attach a new experience to that old trauma. Mm -hmm. That's how people heal. We need to do that with sex. People have good reasons. They've attached all this negativity around different things. Right? If we want them to have success, they need to revisit these places and attach something new to it. So I love our listeners, if we could just take that jiggly thighs, whatever your jiggly thighs version is, <laughs> how do you take that and attach something new to that? Yeah. Right? Even maybe my jiggly thighs are what they are. And I'm still glad I got thighs. 
I'm still no, glad kidding. I could walk. I'm still glad something, how do we attach something positive to that? That says who I am, my spirit, my essence. You know, so so much of sex isn't just what's happening between the legs. It's what's happening between the ribs mm-hmm. and what's happening between the brain. Mm-hmm. And how do we start seeing all of that in this process too? Yeah, I got jiggly thighs, but I got a huge heart. And I got a mind that could go all over the place. Then we start adding that to the equation. The jiggly thighs don't become such a big deal anymore. Do and- not let the jiggly thighs <laughs> stop your sex life. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Keep it hot, baby. For those of you who are listening today, we are also going to send out some free Uber Lube to those of you who sponsor us on our Patreon page. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.